the Pro Tools Expert Podcast with Russ Hughes and Dan Cooper. Good evening and welcome to Pro Tools Expert Podcast 330. It's the 30th of July 2018. It's all the 30s tonight, guys. It's Russ Hughes. I'm Dan Cooper. And I'm Kevin Becker. And if only you knew, those who are listening, how many edits we got to even do the intro tonight <laughs> on this show. <laughs> anyway, Dan the deals. deals. Dan's deals. 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 Sounds like a shop down in Gillingham. Uh, our friends at Audio Deluxe have an exclusive deal offering 30% off Retune from Zplane. Uh, Retune takes an interesting approach to tuning in that, as well as being a plug-in capable capable of a typical pitch correction and pitch quantized duties it offers a retuning matrix allowing pitch based uh, experiments through mapping incoming pitches to different pitches on the uh, on the output side eli did a good video on this didn't he, a little while ago it's worth checking out the link is in the podcast notes but don't forget to check out the rest of our deals from our partners on our deals page be quick though because this ends today thanks dan let's go to some talking points these are sponsored by our friends at universal audio Good morning, children. This is Fab DuPont. The Pro Tools Expert Podcast Talking Points are brought to you with the support of Universal Audio. Do your vocal recordings need more shine? Are you in the market for a new audio interface? Well, if the answer to those questions is yes, now could be a very good time to buy a Universal Audio Apollo Twin as part of UA's Apollo Twin Platinum Vocal Promotion. Buy an Apollo Twin Mark II Solo and get Antares Auto-Tune Real-Time free. Buy an, uh, buy an Apollo Twin Mark II Duo or USB and get Antares Auto-Tune and the Manly Voxbox plugins for free. Buy an Apollo Twin Mark II Quad and get Antares Auto-Tune Manly Voxbox and Pure Plate Reverb plugins all for free. You can find out more about this and other deals at the Universal Audio team are running by visiting uaudio.com or by clicking the link in the podcast notes. Right, in an effort to carry on putting cats among pigeons, uh, <laughs> the first talking point tonight is has the democratization of the music production industry made it worse or better? Now there's one, isn't there? This should, this should get mm. the, the, mm. the comments going. Mm. And always remember, please, and this will come up actually during this discussion, please read the article or listen to the podcast before you comment. Don't comment based on the title, especially when the title is a question that we're going to try and answer. Then you can comment. Uh, the amount of people these days who seem to comment on our posts based upon either the picture or the uh, title without reading anything else is is frightening. And this will come up during this discussion. Anyway, Dan, you're for, you, you've really worked hard over the years to try and give as many people a chance as possible. And and uh, Georgie, your wife, obviously does her own recording. What do you think of this? Because you went to college and did all, got your stripes and stuff, and you ran a studio. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I went through what I considered was the process. So I think all the way back to um school years, so when I was just, just a mere musician thinking, how do I move uh, forward in the music industry or how do I get into the bloody thing um, music production caught my eye and I thought that that looks really cool uh, so I kind of got into it when I was young uh, four, four track tape the old Fostex thing and then got into college college turned into university university turned into standing on my own two feet looking at the big wide world going oh Christ I've got, I've got to use these qualifications to do something uh, got a job at a school um, teaching this stuff, and that turned into my own business. That was eight years ago. Where the that time gone? Anyway, 
Uh, but I've had to work very hard uh, to be able to be where I am now and be able to keep moving forward in the industry. And my wife, uh, she's, she's been getting into uh, music production over the last year and she's been really working hard at it. Um, she's not taking the easy way out at all. She's trying to get under the skin of what music production is, trying to learn techniques and proper sort of mindsets and all that sort of stuff to be a really good music producer and songwriter, as I like to call her, recording artists. Um, but there's lots of people that don't want to do that process or they want to take shortcuts. And I think if you try to take shortcuts in this industry, you are only shortchanging yourself in the long run. Um, if you try to cheat or if you try to ignore important lessons, fundamental lessons in music production, may they be just techniques uh, or ways of doing things or even how you uh, do business, you know, if you try to shortcut all these things, you're not going to move forward. You're not going to be a better professional. You're not going to be a better creative uh, and you're certainly not going to make better music. You just, I don't know, I think ego kind of gets in the way. But the tools these days make you believe that you can be a music producer. After all, all you need is a cracked version of Logic, a cheap MacBook, uh, some plugins. Why not? You can call yourself a music producer. I remember, Russ, you saying to me years ago, I think it was the first day me and you ever met, um, you said once upon a time you did some sort of uh, little talk to a group of young individuals at some institution and all these guys said to you yeah i'm a music producer and you said to them what do you produce and they went oh, i haven't produced anything well then you're not a producer <laughs> you've just got the tools you know and that, that the old yeah. saying all the gear and no idea uh they're everywhere well it's like but it like me putting on a fireman's outfit and saying i'm yeah. a fireman or a yeah. doctor's yeah, outfit yeah, and saying i'm it? a doctor yeah it's it doesn't make just by wearing the outfit doesn't make you doesn't make you that person yeah. there's a lot more to it you buy a dslr we'll and you're a professional photographer no you're not kevin you're in a, you're in one of the top studios in the world uh so 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 you know the effort that has to go into making stuff every day but obviously you work from home and stuff and you you also train you also tutor mm. people there. So yeah. what's your feelings on this? Do you, so, do you think that the, the ability think, to, to, that anybody can do it now has made it better or worse? Well, I think, I, I think that the fact that anybody can do it in itself isn't such a bad thing because the stuff becomes affordable. I think what ruins it is the very first person who had a massive success on a simple uh, song or, or whatever it was. Like, for instance, there was a song called Funky Cold Medina that was the first record way, way back, and I think it was in the 80s, that was done for under probably $1,000. And the record company saw this and said, well, this guy did it in his garage. The budget was this. So why should I pay you to 100 grand to do a record? So, uh, And the same thing boils down to now. When anybody can go into a Best Buy and buy a Pro Tools rig, I think you're shortchanging yourself by thinking that you can sit down and just throw a beat together and then you're famous. It's just, you know, it, it has happened, but it's rare. It's like just to uh, bring it into Tour de France parlance, which just ended yesterday. Uh, the breakaway riders, to all, you know, you always get a breakaway group or one or two riders that try to break away, but the chances of them succeeding is nil. It's very, very low. So I just think it's a bad thing to have that mindset. I think it's just a bad habit. I was inspired by an artist many years ago, Russell Nome. Um, Daniel Beddingfield, many, many years ago. That, that was uh, his, yeah. his breakthrough track was something he made on uh, a computer back in the late 90s. And you know, when computers were pretty ropey for home recording studio stuff. And I remember hearing this track and the story was that he started this track at home and obviously the label picked it up and thought, wow, you know, we'll just do what we need to do to it and push it out there. And I thought, 
you can make music that sounds like that at home. Oh my God. And that, that was part of, I mean, you know, the track didn't really speak to me, but the story did. Um, but obviously when I was at the Brit school learning this stuff, you know, the Brits is one of the places to learn this stuff in the UK. Um, they taught me that you have to, you know, uh, follow a certain process and that turns into a career. Then you've got to be able to push yourself through and develop yourself as a creative and uh, as a technical minded person and as a business person, all of those things to succeed. Um, and I've just come across so many people that just don't understand how hard you have to work, how many times you've got to work for free or for cheap. Uh, and often you've got to invest more time than is really, you know, sensible to be able just to move that little bit more forward in the music production industry. You know, it's yep. hard. That's true. It's so hard. You know, um, like my wife at the minute, the only reason why she's now into Pro Tools and producing her own music is because I don't have the time to do it. I'm so busy with everything else with my business and my um, responsibilities. I'm very busy. So it's great that, that that's made her feel like she can now get in, get on this uh, <laughs> conveyor belt um, and do that stuff. And a year in, she hasn't made any money yet, but she's got plenty of little leads. She's got, actually, no, she's got a couple of things signed that she's done herself, which is brilliant in less than a year um but she hasn't seen any money for it yet even though these songs are published so when she sees money i don't know but that will be if it's five quid ten quid whatever she'll be happy because she'll know that the time and the effort she's put in has developed her skills she knows how to run a pro tool session she's been working with one of my clients as a songwriting partner so she can run a session on her own without me helping uh, and she might earn some money at the end of it. And if, if you earn a little bit of money after a year and you're happy with that, it shows that you are happy to invest your time and develop yourself. Because one day, if you do it for the love, the money will come. That's my rule in But uh, isn't, isn't it more than that, though? Isn't it that, that, that you've just described? I know Georgie a little. And I, the little I know of that is that she's got an incredible work ethic. And you almost want to put on the front of all the DAWs that are on the market, uh, hard work not included. Yeah. Uh, because... People seem to think that I, I tell you what. If you really, I can get myself really wound up just by looking through the kind of for the, the especially the Facebook forums for, for DAWs and the stuff that people post on those those on the walls saying, uh, "I've just got Logic or I've just got Studio One or I've just got Pro Tools and and it's rubbish because." I've had it for five minutes and it doesn't do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, I'm, of course, I'm parodying it a bit. But you, but you just go and scroll down any kind of community of you. Listen, we wouldn't have this blog if I didn't care about helping people to get on uh, for free most of the time. May I add, that's not what this is about. I don't mind helping anyone who really wants to learn. But people who go. Uh, so a new plugin comes out and somebody goes, uh, what does this sound like? Or or they post things like, where's the link? And you go, click the in story. And you can, if you read the story, you'll find the information that you're asking for. Uh, it, it, it just seems that people want to take the, the line of least resistance these days. And I think they're incompatible with, I don't know, a great engineer, a great producer, or a great a writer or a great artist that hasn't worked incredibly hard to get there. And when people say it was all luck, I'm yet to meet that lucky person who has succeeded. I'm yet to meet them. 
because there are there and Kevin mentioned this person who who made a track for a thousand bucks from, with Best Buy bits and stuff. And there are all those stories, but they are rare. They're the exception. They're not the rule. And if I think of Vance Powell or Andrew Sheps or anybody I could name here, I could list them all day. Or even Kevin. Uh, You've all worked bloody hard to get there. Some of the hardest working people I know are all these people the kids aspire to be like, but don't want to put the hours in. That's how I feel about it. You make your own Uh, luck. You make your own luck, right? You work hard, and then if something good comes from your hard work, you can see that as lucky. Um, And that's no bad thing. But the idea that you can just throw some loops together in a you know, a crack version of whatever and go, that's a beat. And I've just thrown some vocals on it. I am, I am one of you. I can stand on that line of everyone else that has been in the industry. No, I don't get on with people like that much these days when they sort of stand toe to toe with you and go, yeah, I'm a producer. And you're like, really, what, what do you do? What do you do? There's one person I know, I'm not going to name him. Uh, I don't really like him much as a friend of a friend. And he really compares himself uh, to me and Georgie and other people that we know in the industry that work really hard. And it's like, no, 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 no. You, <laughs> you're not, you're not, don't, don't try to assume that we're cut from the same cloth because you haven't put the time in and you don't listen to advice when we give it to you saying, maybe you should try this or maybe you should try that. We're trying to be friends and helpful. And, but no, you want to be arrogant. You want the ego. Keep that away from me because... I don't want to be involved, you know? It's interesting how all the people I know who are incredibly successful, whether they're musicians or... Uh, some of the biggest names in the industry uh, never describe themselves as producers or engineers or, or keyboard players in X band or guitarists in this band. Uh, they play it right down. They don't... They never introduce... They just say, hey, I'm, I'm Richard. So, for example, if you've ever met Richard, who, who's keyboard player for Nile Rodgers and has played for him for years, he, he's, he, you would never know if you walked into him in a street who he was had you not seen him on TV or something because he's the most humble talented nicest guy i know and the, and the great the truth is that so many this is it you see is that they're all really great people to hang around with uh, it's like nam isn't it their game. so when you go to nam uh, it's not about titles it's about people it's not it? I, titles and, and people will know this is that i i'm really not keen on titles i don't think i think titles are bullshit i think testimony is what matters I think it's, it, it's what your track record is that matters, not what your title is. Don't tell me what you're going to do. Show me what you've done. Yeah. That's my attitude in life. Yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah. Kevin, what, what about – are we just three grumpy old I – would, <laughs> I, would, I would play down the whole it's a guy with a crack copy of something and beats because it's not about no, that. No, it's, that's too much of a parody of a group of people. Yeah, that's so that, why I'm sorry. I, I, I could tell you anybody, whether they play a, a guitar in a rock band or anything, who, who's – who's got the same attitude. It's a whole, it, for me, it feels like a whole generation of people who just don't want to put the hours in. Yep. Kevin? No, I say, and, and the people who are, um, you, you see this in acting and also in music and engineering, is that the people who are the, not the easiest to get along with, but I will say make an effort to be, a, you know, a, a good human being and, and do the right things under pressure and that kind of thing are the ones that get the jobs, you know? I mean, it just, you want to be in a locked room with them with no windows, which is where we are most of the day, you know? So that's, that's, that's how I take on it. And you must be, when you're doing the Black, uh, the, the Blackbird Academy, there must be people that probably, I don't know, perhaps you get a lot of good ones, but there probably must be the one out of 10 that you think, yeah, they're going to make it because they just got yep. that ethic and, yep. they, and do you know what I mean? Yeah. The other thing is that, that, that a good, a good sign of a person I like to be around is a person who asks questions rather than gives me answers. I much prefer people who oh, ask questions yeah. about life. Don't yep. you? Oh, oh yeah. absolutely. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. I mean, when I was working at the and school, in a genuine way, thing. because you know, I mean, I'll, I'll ask questions. Uh, you know, if like Vance was here the other day, and he pops in every once in a while, and he'll say, "Hey, did you see the, you know, that you can do this?" And he sits down at Pro Tools, and all of a sudden he's taking over the class, and I'm all about it. I'm saying, "Okay, I just." And then when he leaves the room, of course, I claim the idea as my own and move forward. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the great thing is Vance probably wouldn't mind. No, no. I, no, I once no. interviewed Vance years ago for Exponential Audio, and, and it was really interesting because at the end of the article I said, Vance is evangelical in his approach to uh, telling you that he's right and you're wrong, but he does it in such a way that you leave the room smiling. Yep. You don't feel warm. Do you know what I mean? He's so passionate yeah, yeah, yeah. about stuff. Yep. And and yet uh, he got me into bourbon, never drank the stuff in my life. Yeah. And now I drink, I drink bottles of bullet bourbon all the time because <laughs> Vance yep. bought me a bottle. Uh, but, but do you know what I mean? I love being around, let's say, uh, if, if I'm in a room with people like Michael Carnes or Bobby Winsky uh, or Cliff from Marg, I was once at dinner with those three guys. I didn't say a word for three hours. And can you imagine that of me? But I was in, I was in the, I was in the presence of greatness yep. and I just listened and just took it in like a sponge. Yep. Yep. That's how it rolls. That's easy to do with Vance, even on a one-on-one lunch, lunch, by the way. Just Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. It's easy to do it. And I do chat with him. Yep. <laughs> uh, but, but, but as I say, but, and, and this isn't about age either. I, I know some really great, uh, there's a studio in the middle of Ireland uh, just outside Nuri uh, that's got a beautiful, one of the best examples of an SSL 4000E that they completely uh, uh, re-renovated. Uh, and it's a beautiful studio. It's a lovely analog studio. Uh, it's run by Pat McCall uh, and, uh, and his assistant, uh, Ashling. And she is one of the most talented young engineers I've come across. And she is absolutely full of energy, full of questions, smart cookie, shuts up when she needs to. Uh, she's just a talent. Uh, and I know there's some great young talent out there. So this isn't about age either. This isn't about, but I think there's a whole, and actually this transcends our industry. There's this whole entitled mentality. Yep. Isn't there now? Yep. That, that, seemed, that has permeated the whole of, of our culture and I and, and I, I say no to it. I resist it. Whether it's my kids, I've got grown up kids as well as a, a baby daughter, and whoever it is, I, I want to say no. Uh, you don't deserve anything. You work for it, yep. uh, and you work hard for it, and you get your answers by asking questions, not by t- by telling me stuff. Oh, do you know what it is? Uh, I think that maybe then that let's say younger generations. Um, they don't know what it's like to be really hungry for something because it's the instant gratification generation. I know this because I've got teenagers myself. It's on demands. Everything's there. Even their social lives are in the palm of their hands. They don't need to see their friends anymore. Their friends are there. Instant gratification. They're not getting hungry for things. So if they're not got that little fire inside of them that goes, God, you know, I haven't seen my friends all week. I must get out of the house and see them. They're not going to be going, well, I've got to really work hard at something because I want to really be the best I can be in that field, that thing. Um, that is, it's a very tricky thing because I do have teenagers, as I said, and it's, you know, you're like, come on, work a bit harder. They're like, no. But don't you think it's in... Don't you think it's like instant download and instant everything? It's on demand. Well, I remember I wrote an article about your your response to a new product probably says more about you than it does about the product. Do you remember that article yeah, yeah, I wrote? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because... I see that is that a minute a product comes out, it, it's not even left the press release 
and somebody's going, oh, it doesn't do this. Yeah. And I was expecting it to have a fluffy knob on it now, and it hasn't <laughs> got it, because I've always wanted a fluffy knob, even though the 100,000 users probably won't want one. Or it's one. just one word, and fail. Yeah, 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 and 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 then a new version of Pro Tools comes out, and so he says, "Well, if they did a if they did a feature where you could chop up a guitar into three parts at the I'll, same time and add an auto tune at the same fixes. time, you think, <laughs> it, 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 no, but it's not even about that. It's about the these people who think there's a feature that only they want is that's ever going to be implemented into a product, <laughs> and it's like, are you kidding me? Uh, and then they come out with that great line, which which is said to us as engineers and producers as well. Can you just <laughs> can you just, you know, I mean, you've just tracked drums for six hours, Kevin, and a guy goes, can you just take all those hi-hats out of that mic? Mm, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Or, replace yeah. it all. Or you've been you in it all day and they said, solo the, solo the kick drum, that's the killer, on a full drum mix you spend hours on. Can you just solo the kick drum? You know it's over then, so. <laughs> <laughs> can you just solo the kick drum? <laughs> You need to do. Later. I saw a great, great meme the other day. Some guy had said uh, it was, it's been doing the rounds. Of, a graphic designer was sent a, a text message that said, "Can you do me a poster for my band's gig?" And he said, "What do you want it to say?" And then he said, "I want it to say it's at this pub. It's at this time." And, it's, and he said, "What time is it?" He said, seven thirty. And he sent back a screenshot of the text <laughs> message as the poster. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes when people say, "Can I have the can I have the can I have the guitars louder?" I just want to send them a mix of the guitars, don't you? Just yeah. the guitar stems. <laughs> Say has that. <laughs> Here you go. Right. Yeah. Here you go. Here you go. Yeah. Anyway, but uh, let us know your comments on this. Are we just three miserable old men? That are mm-hmm. A bit like doing the. Three, are we replaying the three, the the Yorkshireman sketch from Monty Python here, mm. uh, or is there some truth in this? And and uh, how do you feel about the, the, the kind of entitlement generation? And uh, a lot of people who who read the blog and, and and listen to the podcast have really worked hard over the years, and perhaps you feel like us anyway. Uh, Dan, competitions, competitions, for free. There we go. There we go to celebrate their. Show shiny new website and the release of six new music production and post-production bundles our friends at nugent audio are offering you the chance to win either a nugent producer bundle worth 499 dollars or a nugent post bundle worth 899 dollars choose which prize you'd like to win and enter in the competition we'll put the link in the show notes so russ you wrote an article uh, this weekend if you mix for long hours this is likely you suffer from mix deafness three ways uh, to fix this Interesting article, very interesting, and this happens to me a lot. Uh, I mean, you know, edit blindness. I'm blind anyway, but I liked what you were saying. Tell us some more. Well, it came out of last week where I nearly lost my mind. I'd been working on a project for four or five days, and I was submitting it, and I must have checked it a thousand times, and then it came back and said, oh, this is wrong. And I thought, how did I miss that? So I sent it all back again, and it came back again and said, and this is wrong. And I sent it, it, fixed all those things and then sent it back again. And, 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 and they said, this is getting silly now. Do I have to really keep checking your work? And the answer is no, you shouldn't keep checking my work. You're the client. And I should have got these. These were really stupid errors. It was like, like the bass track was muted or do you know what I mean? Or, or all sorts of stuff that was just insanely stupid. But, and I, I just, it just reminded me of a book I, re- I read a few years ago, which is called The Invisible Gorilla. It's a wonderful book. It's about a study that was done where they had people watch a video of a basketball game and they were told to count how many white and how many black shirts were on the on the field of play at a time. And during the video, a, a man in a gorilla outfit walks through the middle of the court. 
And then after the, uh, after the video is played, they're asked if they saw the gorilla. And 50% say no. Wow. Uh, it's an incredible story. Uh, and it's, 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 it was a study done in 1975, and it became a book called The Invisible Gorilla. And it became a term called inattentional blindness, uh, where you concentrate on one thing and miss another. Yeah. Wow. Uh, do you know yeah. what I mean? You were talking then, we were joking apart, uh, a bit about earlier on the, in the podcast about, uh, can you solo the kick drum? Because the drummer's going to listen. You can get so deep into a mix, can't you? Or so deep into something that you're trying to sort out in a mix that you can somehow miss other parts of it. And the longer you spend on that mix, uh, the worse it can get. And, and it's, it, in that book, they always, they also say that people on insurance forms, you know, these jokes that people say that they've seen on insurance forms, I hit a tree that wasn't there, or <laughs> I drive that road every day and I never saw the car. Those people aren't lying because they've got so used to doing something that anything out of the ordinary is invisible to them. It's yep. insane. Uh, and so I, I, I just thought, as I say, I can't be the only one that's having, that has this. no, that's true. And what happens is you're so, I mean, this, this is how we operate as professionals and, and somebody who can truly listen in a discerning way, you start zooming in. I mean, I'll do that on a mix and all of a sudden I'll come back the next day after thinking I printed the best mix of my life and the hi-hat is blazing. And I'm saying like, <laughs> I never heard that. It's like, how did that happen? And I, and I'm, I feel guilty and embarrassed, you know, at myself. And I, of course, I even have, if I haven't played it for somebody, I start thinking I'm losing it and my, you know, but then you just get a, a um, I think the key to this is to, to back away. Everyone. And I'm sure if you're on a four day deadline, you were going crazy hours and, you know, and, and staying in zoomed in mode. Like what I'll do is I, and I've mentioned this in past podcasts is I'll, I'll leave the room and go listen to the mix on the stairwell outside the studio, just on purpose, just to see what's going on out there. And I'll, you know, and, and then that helps me get a little perspective. Yeah. Different environment helps, doesn't it? Just your yeah, eyes are it, not in the same space. And yeah, yeah, I'm not in the, I'm not looking at the same no, thing. I mean, yeah, just it's a visual thing it's a feel thing i'm on a stairway i'm not in my comfy chair you know and, differently and that kind of all of that yeah 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 i, I do that as yeah. well yeah i call it autopilot so, and it's it's if you've got to recognize that your brain can kick you into autopilot and you didn't tell it to and yeah. you just you can't you don't know when it's happened you don't know when you're on autopilot but you just always need to know in the back of your mind that that can happen at any moment especially if you're doing a long yeah, day it, or anything it's at some point you're going to do it. You need to walk away just to realize that you are working autopilot. And that can be doing something like, let's say, tuning a vocal. If you've done a long tracking session, say three or four hours vocals tracking and you've comped it and you're like, yeah, I'm pretty cool. I'm going to tune it. Then you realize that you are over tuning and your ears, they're not working much anymore because you haven't, you haven't t- uh, put them down. You haven't stopped and um, benched them for a break and your eyes are taking over and your eyes are taking over going, that looks out of tune. That looks out of tune. Do you know what I mean? And then you listen back yeah, to it and go, yeah. I've worked hard on that. And you know what? That vocal, oh dear. You listen back to it and you're like, oh, oh dear. I just make him sing it right in the first place. No, no, but, <laughs> no, but it can happen. That's just an example. But that can happen with drum tracking. You can all of a sudden hear all these timing issues and you can start to fix them. And then you can listen back to it and go, what am I doing? I'm touching this too much. The drum, they're fine. It's just autopilot's taking over. You're... <laughs> Something, a different energy is going, yeah, you want to do better at this. So just let, let your instincts take over. And it's not your instincts you want to trust here. It's, it's your, just your psyche that she needs to, needs to take over and go, chill, shut up and listen. 
Like what Kevin was just but saying. Logic dictates, and this is the problem, isn't it? The logic dictates. So when you're on a tight deadline, like the record company is screaming at you for the mix, or somebody's screaming at you for the edit, that you that you can't take a break. And yet the reality is you have to take a break because the law of diminishing returns kicks in, where the longer you work on something, the less good you get at it, uh, or the less you can see the wood for the trees. So I, I think that's the the first thing I put in my. Uh, there's, there are three points in my article. The first one was take breaks, however much you think you can't. Uh, I tend to start really early on things so that I can build in stuff. In the, the good good news for me is half of my clients are on the west coast of America, so their morning is my tea time. So I've got half a day on the most times when they've got a deadline, which is great news. Uh, so that was the first one. The other things as well is that, I, like you said, Kevin, I often sleep on stuff and the next day I come back to it and think it's so bad I start again. Yep. I don't know if you've yep. ever got the, not just the hi-hats. I mean, you've scrapped the entire mix and started all over again. Yep. That'll happen it's, in the middle sometimes. If I get into a, a new, on a jag and I'm, I got faders up and it's going and all of a sudden it, it's like a souffle. You know, you, you, it gets to that certain point. If you do the wrong thing, you've lost it completely. And it's easier just to p- dump all the faders and just quickly get back to where you were rather than try to fix something that's not happening. So uh, uh, I'll do that a lot. Uh, you know what? When I've done that, I've realized I've stopped being creative because I've done that many times. You get certain many hours into a mix and then you get to that point and you think, I think I've just ruined it. You know what I've done? I've stopped being creative. I've stopped doing that thing. I'm now getting too uber technical, tiny bits of automation here, tiny little delay throws, all that EQ. Blah, blah, blah. I'm not thinking about the picture i'm not zooming out looking at that wonderful work of art on the wall i'm looking at that tiny little brush stroke and i keep doing that and it's yeah dump it start again and you go right i'm not doing that again let's just get my heart going let's get my heart pumping let's make some music and then trust those musical instincts and it happens uh, autopilot it is it's that like oh you've I'm done just the cross the street i'm just going to cross the streams here a bit from the last discussion of this one as well and the other thing is that for songwriters in particular you can get seduced by a production and think it's a great song. And you spend all day crafting an average song. And then you come back to it the next day and you think, actually, this is pretty crap, actually. It's not a really good song. So you either then work very hard on rewriting that song because you can so produce a track that you, what you have is a well-produced bad song. Uh, yeah, it's very you know what I mean? true, very true. Yep. And, and this is the, the, again, this is the problem with self-production and working from home. There's no checks and balances in place. Uh, and I know engineers aren't supposed to do it, but all the engineers I've, I've worked with over the years that I've trusted have said, well, I'm not sure about that. Or, or have you thought about putting the middle eight there yeah. or losing the middle eight or putting a guitar part in instead of a piano part? Yeah, and, yeah. I, I've upset many songwriters over the years by doing that they book a day with me they pay for it up front they send me the song i go okay that's a good good sounding song but why don't you ditch the intro yeah those sort of things that middle eight needs this that and the other we're not doing a fade out so make a full stop to this do this they come in and they don't do those things and they go no i want to work to this demo I go, but it's not it's not there the song's not speaking to me from you on a guitar so it's not going to come out the speakers right Let's let's yeah. spend a Kevin, couple of hours. Kevin, working do you feel that? Do you feel the the ability to do this, or do you feel like you're being paid to do a gig and that's no, it? No, well, see, the, we we cross the fine line here all the time too. It, I think it depends on how well you know the client and how honest you can be with them. And I, I, for instance, I had a, a drummer in just uh, two weeks ago, and he we he 
we have 50 drum kits here at Blackbird, and we always tell everybody just, just you know, you can bring your drums if you want, but if they've been sitting in a, on a hot van all day, it's probably a better idea yeah. <laughs> to use our kit, which is you know, been tuned and curated by our drum guy and in great shape. So anyway, we had the kit down and the kit was sounding great. And we had three or four snare drums from the collection too. And he had a snare up that was just not right for the song. And so, and I didn't know the drummer that well. So I just pitched, I said, Hey, you know, come and listen to the track. Cause I usually record a little bit after I get the drum sounds. And I say, what do you think? What do you think of that snare drum? And he goes, Oh man, I love that snare drum. And that's when I just zipped it. And I'd said, you know, if I knew this guy or I'd worked with him even one more time, I would have probably said, can we just try another snare? Or, but, you know, I just so didn't want to... you pitch shifted it when you mixed it. <laughs> nah, I, or just triggered it or whatever it, yeah. it was. That, you know. <laughs> but, I mean, he he may like it. Like, oh, here's a here's an even better example. We had a singer come in and she was she was a fine singer and she's, uh, uh, we had a 47 on her and she goes, is there a way I can get an older microphone. And I said, well, this is pretty, you know, this is a legacy microphone. And she goes, no, nah, something that just looks old. And so we went in the locker and she liked a RCA 77. Well, they look like a bit midler mic kind of thing. You mean. Yeah. Or just so like a radio, a... a radio mic or Johnny Carson's yeah. desk or whatever. Yeah. So, um, and it was absolutely horrible. It was the wrong mic. It was too dark, but she wanted, it was a kind of a album that was like old, old school um, music from the 30s and the 40s, you know, so. She Kuna wanted, type stuff, yeah. Yeah, she wanted the vibe and we drew the line between like, do we complain about the, the the sonic quality or do we let her vibe on this mic and then deal with it later and we dealt with it later. So we had to do some little bit of surgery, but it was fine in the long run. But, you know. The, I would have just put two mics up and said, this is a safety mic and then use ah, that one. see. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, for example, for A Quiet Life once, I did an entire album with a guy who was my live bass player. Uh, and for some reason, he just he just wasn't on it in the studio. So uh, we got all the tracks down, and then I got a session player, a new wood nail at first go, to replace all the bass parts, and I never told him. <laughs> <laughs> it, just, it was just easier. It was yeah, just a quieter yeah. life. It yeah, was just yeah. like, do you know what I mean? I just, just needed this day, it. To this day, he brags about his performance, I'm sure. Yeah, so. he says, listen to my bass on that album. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. If you're listening, it wasn't you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, which brings us to the, which brings me to my third. So my second point, one of the points I made in this article was that you know I did it again today. I had a load of deadlines today, and in the middle of the day I went and cut the lawn because it was so different from sitting in a studio. Yeah. It's, it's just like I, I don't know if you, people don't know this about me, but I love gardening. It's just my alternate stress. Yeah. It's just so different. Same, same in here. this world. Yeah, same. Uh, yeah. I go and cut the lawn, or I was deadheading plants, yeah. or. Uh, stuff like that, and I water the hanging baskets when I've got out this, this show tonight. Me, me and you uh, hate the same thing in our garden. That's the uh, the yellow patches that our dogs leave. Oh, off, mate, you know, the dog piss patches. Yeah. That drives me crazy. <laughs> mate, uh, but I, but yeah, it's shoot the dog or live with it. So I have to live with it. Uh, but but the third point I made in this article as well is that last week when I couldn't get this together, I just sent it to Mike and said, Mike, will you please do me a favour and just check these edits for me because. I'm losing my mind. And he came back to me and said, is this meant to do this? And is this meant to be here? And I went, yes, they're meant to be here. Is there anything else? He said, no. I said, right, I'm sending it now. That's the problem with working solo a lot of the time these days in this industry is that you've got no, you've got no second person in the seat to, to say, well, actually, do you realize that's out of tune or do you realize that's wrong or that's in the wrong place? Yep. Uh, and uh, I guess you've got an assistant with you in most sessions, haven't you, Kevin? 
Yeah, well, I got a lot of students, you know, so. That helps. Uh, there's yeah. there's something I really miss from my old studio days when I had the commercial room because uh, I only worked, uh, attended client sessions. So I used to get a lot of mix work in so people would do their albums or their songs at home and they'd bring it in and I would mix it. And they would sit with me because they would, A, want to be with me when they you know, making choices, uh, B, because they wanted to see how I did it. So they could probably take a couple of lessons away from them. But C, for me, selfish reasons, I could just, without even asking, I would look at their facial expressions and their um, body language. Because if they were like, you know, the smile and that little glint in their eye, I know I'm doing something right. You don't even need to say anything. And I, I still do a lot of mixing. I do a lot of online stuff. But when I send stuff off, I haven't got that person you know, that the client sitting there and they've got their little thumbs up going, I love what you just did there. Instead, I'm sending yeah. off a mix going, they're in Australia or they're in America. I've just, I've got to sleep on this. And then I get a long list of things that aren't right. And I go, you know what? That wouldn't have happened if I was in the room with them. You know, I just, I love working with people. I love being in a studio with creative people and making stuff happen. And when that isn't there, that, that, that energy between two people or more, uh, you are going to end up in these sort of situations where you're working harder than you need to. And yeah, mixed deafness, edit blindness sets in, autopilot sets in. Um, and I'm seeing this happen with George as well. My wife, she's doing it. Um, you know, what was it a couple of weeks ago, Saturday night or something? I was quite tired. So I was just lying down in bed trying to drift off. And my wife, <laughs> she's working on a song all day. And I had to say this to her. Can you stop flicking through kick drums? I think you had it on the first one. <laughs> Just poof, 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 going through them all. Like 10, 10 to midnight on a Saturday. I was like, stop it. Go to bed. <laughs> she obviously got the, uh, the mixed deafness because she couldn't make any fucking good choices. <laughs> well, let us know what you think about that, whether you suffer from, uh, from, from those kind of things and any tips you've got for us as well. Leave those in the comments. In the meantime, let's get some feedback from the community. Derek White, uh, he's been in touch. He wants to thank us uh, for our software and, and plugin reviews. Uh, he says uh, they help him to shortlist potential purchases as well as uh, gives him clear feedback. Uh, Derek, you're more than welcome, mate. Your check's in the mail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we appreciate that. We, we, uh, we're also trying to take a different approach to reviews, if you've noticed recently on the blog. We're trying to add some extra uh, value to them because you can read a million reviews out there. And so we are just trying to uh, get, be, be, be a bit more practical about them rather than we just saying, hey, test. this is great or this is yeah. – and and do some more tests. So, But thank you. Uh, we, we do work hard on those and we're just trying to make sure that there are value to people. And so give us – let us know if reviews work for you and uh, what we could do better, uh, what we're not doing. Uh, we're trying to avoid the kind of big technical stuff because sound and sound are the best at that. So it, it's, it's pointless us chasing the same cat, as I say. Uh, it's uh, it's much better giving you our take on this. So so let us know. Rick Hall writes in and says, generally I enjoy Pro Tools Expert and the dedication of your staff and contributors. Very well done. Thank you, Rick. However, the recent changes to your website with the side-to-side motion graphics is not going to cut it for me. It's very distracting and annoying, and I believe someone has led you down the garden path with this one. I believe this change will inhibit communication between your content and your readers. It does for me. Please revert. I suppose, yeah, I, I, it's not going to work for everybody, this. And we're just we're just doing some experimenting at the moment. We're, just to let you know, we'll be letting everybody know at some point, perhaps in an article, we're trying to, one, improve the speed of the site. Uh, 
and and in t- and partly to do that, we want to cut down as much cut down on the amount of content that appears at the same time, because on the one hand, we have people saying, "Well, uh, I, I don't want to see this kind of thing on the site," but at the same time, you want to want the pages to load quick, otherwise, you get bored and move on. So we're just experimenting at the moment with this. It might stay, it might not. But if you can come up with a solution that that means that people don't miss content. Uh, that they might otherwise not have seen, then let us know, uh, and we'll and we'll try that out. Uh, and it is a bit, may I say, Rick, respectfully, uh, with five million readers a year, for us to build the website based upon one opinion uh, is is quite hard. So, so I say that with the greatest of respect. We have to kind of try and find a a medium that works for the generality rather than the specific audience. I will say Uh, that we work very hard to try new things all the time. A lot of the things we do try and implement, we do most of the time without anyone knowing, just so we get an idea of what works best because it's not our website. It's the communities. Yeah. We spend our time in the back end making the content, but people on the front end clicking on the stuff, they're the ones that have to have, fast loading times content where it needs to be easily found and all that and we are just we work hard to try and make all this um happen without any of you guys knowing so yeah rick if if you don't like it sorry for the minute but that might change for the better at some point it's just part of our uh, process at the minute that's all and i think my understanding when i roll over it if you put your mouse on it it stops stops. yes at the minute yeah that yeah it does doesn't it Mm-hmm. It doesn't move once your mouse is on it, so I don't know if you know that. Rick. It's not not uh, not so at the minute uh, on mobile devices, um, but yeah, with desktop. Yeah, so I don't know uh, because if if somebody can come up with a, a different solution, that means that we present you with quite a lot of content that you don't miss without without it moving. Then uh, tell us, be my guest. Uh, yeah, that's what I'd say. I, I can't think of anything else to say. Really, <laughs> yeah, down, no, can you? Bottom line, that's it. Yeah, yeah that's the bottom yeah. line. Uh, let's get into questions from the community. These are sponsored by RSPE Audio. The Pro Tools Expert Community Feedback is brought to you with the kind support of RSPE Audio Solutions. Great people and great prices. RSPE is proud to announce the new ASC Nano Attack Wall. It's a mini version of the ASC Attack Wall that takes all of the acoustic benefits of its bigger brother and shrinks them down to fit on your desktop. Get a reliable, repeatable, and accurate sonic space that's extremely portable so you can take it with you when you move or work in another studio. Learn more at RSPE's website with the link in the show notes below. Matthew Facker. Hey guys, thanks for all the news and information you give us. As often as you do, I'd like to ask a question about keyboard shortcuts that I feel like I had used in the past but can't find any information on it now. It allowed me to switch the plugin that's currently being viewed. For example, if I was on track one and had the plugin from slot slot A open, I could hit a shortcut and open the plugin from slot B. There may have also been a variation where I could go from track one slot A to track two slot A with a shortcut. I may be dreaming about this, but I just thought I would ask in case you were aware. Kevin, you're a bit of a a shortcut guru. Do you know this one? No, I do not. I am aware. Um, I, I read through that earlier yesterday, and I was trying to figure that one out, and I just don't know that one. Yeah, it's, 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 I do this on my C twenty four, and it is very useful. So um, I'm sure. If you, do you think it's do you think it's it's desk specific then, Dan? I don't know, um, but I know it's very useful because I can load up all five of my inserts uh, A B C D and E, and then the other five uh, on my school strip and I can just go bang, 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 bang and load them up. Yeah, but there's dedicated buttons. They are dedicated buttons, but yes, they are. Yeah. But if there is dedicated buttons for it, 
there may be a keyboard shortcut for it. That's all I'm saying. I'm not sure. Uh, Mr. Mike, Pro Source Keyboard Shortcut Ninja Guru, um, will probably know this. And if I tell you what, if there is, I will make an article on this as soon as we find out because it is a very useful workflow. Yeah, I, I promise like to know that one too. Yeah, if there is, I'll do it. I tell you what. Yeah, it is cool because it actually it automatically does it in Studio One. So if you're on All track right. one, in Studio One, you're, right. you're on your. <laughs> no, I'm just no, I'm just I'm just saying that because it's a fact. Uh, it's just it's it's not how my my door's better than yours in Studio One. If you click on track one, uh, and you've got your plugins open, and when you click to select track five, the plugin on that track opens instead. Mm. Uh, and also the plugins are tabbed in Studio One. So you see them all in a tab, so you can tab along all, all of the plugins without going from from slot to slot. Mm. Uh, but I'm guessing there must be a plugin shortcut, and as I say, Mike will probably know it, and that or somebody will yep. know it. And then if we, we find can... it out, I'll make an article. I promise you, Matthew, no problem. There we go. You'll get Julian to do one of his fantastic little tutorials. That would be cool. Frank Carozo, hey guys, my Digi192 has an orange light and it's not syncing anymore after I was trying to update the firmware and my Digitest crashed just while it was cleaning the flash memory and it's not working now. I can't even run a Digitest or have it working since the interface is just cooked without any of the other lights beside the orange power one. Is there a fix to this problem or should I toss the entire 192 away? Well, that's a kind of double-sided question, really, because fixing it and tossing a 192 are not necessarily the same thing Mm. in my book anyway. Uh, Mike, uh, in his absence, has said, I suspect this will need to go back to an approved Avid service agent to get this fixed. Sounds like you have to get your firmware fixed and stuff Mm. again. So, Frank, take it back to your service centre and you should be good. I agree. That that doesn't sound software. Sure. Henrik Vindeby, would you happen to know if there is a shortcut that instantly can switch between the standard trimmer tool and the TCE tool? Um... As a dialog editor, I use these two tools a lot, and it's annoying to either flip through all four trimmer options or select. Oh, I see. He wants to go directly and not go through the uh, the, the round robin, which is the shortcut I use. If you go option two and then hit option two again, it'll jump to the next one in the list, and then you can loop around again to the top. That's a. Uh, I don't believe you can go directly between two of the options um, without going through the loop. Is my answer to that. Uh, I think you can do it. Give me a second. Go go on to another one. We'll come back to that. Oh, it's command. It's command, by the way, not option two. Okay, Zoe Williams. Uh, will Pro Tools 10 work with the MacBook Pro running OS X Sierra or High Sierra? Uh, Pro Tools 10, blimey, that's going back a few years. Uh, right, yeah. well, yeah, well, Mike's uh, uh, very kindly... Uh, chimed in here so this is mike normally i would say no you need to match your os with the version of pro tools however if you read uh, mike's article about handling sessions with sound designer 2 files uh, it demonstrates how uh, how it's possible to install and get pro tools 10 working with sierra that said uh, mike uh, wouldn't like to work on it at all uh, but as a way of opening legacy sessions it's fine yeah uh, pro tools 10 really not worth it uh kevin got any ideas yeah no not on this one um it's been a while since i was on 10 i I have some systems here with 11 but um 10 i I have no idea yeah we've got pro tools 10 sorry pro tools 11 10 11 running on uh the most current version of os uh on a mac mini I don't know if that helps. Yeah. High Sierra, that that does work. 
Um, but that's a very different uh, beast to Pro Tools 10. So, yeah, <laughs> try it. I don't think it'll work. I think I got Pro Tools 10 working on a couple of versions before, but that was before Sierra. Uh, and it was really buggy, like literally like grayed out bits all over the place. So I don't think it's going to work on anything current, unfortunately. Uh, I would just recommend getting on a more uh, current version of Pro Tools personally. Not a lot of uh, benefits in Pro Tools 10. We can go back live to... Uh... To Henrik's question, yes, it is possible. The shortcut you need to press is while holding your audio with the trimmer tool, press F6 and it will rotate around whichever version you want of the trimmer tool. It's F6, guys. So it's F6, F6, F6. Yeah, it's F6 you need to press while hovering over the the audio with the trimmer tool. Mm, Good one. Thank you. Here all week. (laughs) But even better than that, that that, that basically works. Then F7... uh, uh, then yeah, so then F eight, then does the difference between the hand and the hand cut, mm. the hand trimmer. If oh, you know what I, I mean? Use those. Yeah, so F six though, that's really cool if you want to do time time stretch compound. Uh, mm. So F six, F six, and just keep if you just press that a couple of times, you'll go from a trimmer tool to a trimmer tool with uh, with uh, t- TCE. Happy days. Pro Tools Expert Podcast is created using Source Connect Now from Source Elements. Register now for your free account at now.source-elements.com. If you've ever tried to do interviews over the internet with apps like Skype, you will know how hit and miss the audio quality and connection can be, even on a good day. It isn't really good enough for a long-form interview. We use Source Connect Now, which offers ISDN equivalent quality audio using a Chrome browser. No software to install to get your free account. Follow the link in the podcast notes. Okay, I think it's time to move on to Find of the Week, and these are sponsored by UJAM. UJAM Instruments plugins are your studio companions. Always on call when you want to ride, play, and record tracks. Take seat in the producer's chair and tell your player what you need. This means a maximum of musical and sonic integrity and versatility and a minimum of your precious energy required to get there. Discover our virtual instruments at ujam.com. So, Kevin, what's your find of the week? Um, I just got turned on to a um, group of reverbs from Best Service called the Halls of Fame 3. And they have these uh, digital um, emulations of the Lexicon 960, the TC6000, Bricasti, Quantec Yardstick, which is, man, it's been a while since I even heard that name. Uh, we have them here, and I've used them, and there it is fantastic. And then the, uh, my all-time favorite uh, among the group is the Eventide 2016, um, and it looks like it's the Legacy and the new one. So they've got the Legacy designed by Tony and Yellow. Um, and uh, the brand new one, the single rack space unit too, um, which are uh, fantastic reverbs. I haven't heard them yet because I literally just got uh, the email over the weekend, but I, I, I will dive into those for sure. So are they convolutions that you load into a convolution or is it, is it a plugin that's free? I think it's it's a plug-in. Uh, well, these are these are free uh, ones, but they have a group that you pay not a lot. I think it's eighty-seven pounds or something. Not a lot of money. So that, that's the free version. 
But um, and uh, there's a limited group there. This is 13 from this, the free edition. And then there's another one that is for pay that is 149 for the complete edition and uh, then Digital Legends and Vintage Legends. So there's a whole group of three options there, plus the free ones that you can get into. So um, and It's a plug-in, isn't it? I'm just looking yeah, now because it's it got a GUI a and everything. Yeah, yeah. Wow, very nice. It even got, it's even got the glorious AKG BX20. Oh, yeah. So is it using Convolution or is it using... I, I can't see how they could do that. It's Convolution. It's got to be, isn't it? Yeah. And it's just a Convolution player, I think. Yeah. yeah, it's convolution. Yeah, I'm just reading it up there. Good stuff. Mm. Wow. Yep. Nice yep. find. Dan, what's your find of the week? Mine isn't gear. It's not a plug-in. It's a production technique. Um, this weekend, I buried myself in the studio uh, working on one of my wife's songs, uh, mainly because the uh, in-laws are over and I felt a little bit squeezed out of the house, so I decided to work on a song. And uh, yeah, so my wife's done this really cool song and it was nearly there. It needed some new bits recorded, bass guitar, some other bits and bobs, some magic from my lovely Teglers. Um, but I wasn't liking the way that the bass guitar came in in the chorus. It's one of those big epic songs that just thunder in massive, great big industrial sort of sounding thing. And I was mucking about the bass and I couldn't get my P bass, my precision bass to sound good in that bit. It sounded good in the verses, not in the chorus. Tried distortion plugins, uh, you name it. Anything to grit it up a little bit wasn't working. And I was having a phone call with Julian last week and we were talking about silly things that bassists do with their pedal boards. One of them being putting an octave, an octave um, you know, pitch shift thing on a bass guitar. And I think that's bloody yeah. stupid. I, well, ho- hold on. I thought, you know what? Sometimes you have to break the rules. And that was just in my mind from that conversation. Well, break the rules. I put uh, an octave on my bass and then I put, um, not on it. So I did all in parallel, by the way. Uh, octave on that, octave down, and then another one, I bit crushed it down to four bits. Oh my God, it threw me back out of my chair and out, out into the garden. It works brilliantly. So much so that today I spent the morning making a tutorial on this. So expect that to be published next week. Uh, it sounds wrong. It sounds like it shouldn't work. But this little uh, parallel processing trick that I put together, if you've got a sub, it just gives that little bit of air in the bottom. So it's a little, what we would call an Easter egg for guys with uh, monitoring that has, you know, capabilities of reaching that low. But at the same time, the the, the crush, the um, bit crusher thing, it just gave a certain character on its own solo. It sound crap. But with the drums and the rest of the instrumentation, which was mellotrons, electric guitars, all those sort of dirty, gritty things, it just made the track. And I was so excited that I found a way to make this work that, yeah, I made a, made a tutorial. So yeah, that'll be published next week. That's my find of the cool. week. Russ, what's your find of the week? My find of the week is really good news. Paul Drew is back from his TV show uh, work he's been doing. He's had to take some time off from the blog so he could work on some TV shows. And he's back. One of his first new videos is removing ambience on stuff. So he shows a pair of claps and he uses a transient designer to make these claps dry as a oh, bone. Although the SPL. they were sampled. Yeah, 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 yeah it's very, very great. It's a great video. Uh, check it out. Uh, we've run out of time, so I'm going to use a transient processor to end the show, uh, but not as deadly as Paul did. So uh, with, that, with that transient ending, it's good night from me. It's good night from me. And good night from me. Thank you. Good night. Good night.